The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu. Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu. Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu. Srimnaraya. Shumantra and Lakshmana took Sita across Ganga in that old boat and helped her out on the other side. Then Lakshmana looked at her and wept. What is wrong? Lakshmana could not answer her, and Sumantra the charioteer replied, We see bad things. Earth to us is sad. We are restless and empty of happiness. We, you miss Rama. But when we see what hermits we will find and give them my gifts, we may all go back home. Sumantra sighed and bent low his head, and looking down, he said, This is the work of destiny, then it cannot be overcome. I was angry when Dasharata banished Rama, but this time I made no protest, for this is fate. This was foretold. And I overheard it long ago. What? What are you talking about? Lakshmana replied, In fear of scandal, like a coward, Rama now uses this journey as the pretext to abandon you here in the woods? He turned to Sumantra. This is clearly unjust. I cannot understand what we gain by doing wrong. To please a fool... Then suspend your reason and get a glimpse of eternity. Sumantra looked at Ganga's waters flowing by. This is in part ancient history, beyond men's knowing, and in part what I have heard was to happen. Rama will live alone from now on, apart from you. But why? (laughs) My lady... All the universe is but a sign to be read rightly. Colors and forms are only put here to speak to us. And all is spirit. There is nothing else in existence. War and peace, love and separation are hidden gateways to other worlds and other times. Let us... Not grow old, still believing that truth is what the most people see around them. Lakshmi of the Lotus, daughter of Videya, we are fit objects of blame for all men by leaving you. But banish your sorrow over what must be. Sumantra silently spoke a spell that all forest creatures might protect Sita. And as he began to speak aloud again, the dark blue clouds settled lower on the hills around them. Dasharata and I knew part of our future, 
and I have never told this story. Now I am an old man and I remember long times ago and I break secrecy to tell you how it was that Kaikei, Dasharata's youngest wife, won her two wishes and why you and Rama must be separated. Listen, my children. It was in the olden time, long before your births, when your father, Dasharatha, and I were young men. It seems now to have been in another age of this world. Little looking at me now, can you see the brave young prince and the lucky charioteer of those days? We fought on the side of the gods themselves against the Ashuras who had brought drought to our land. With Indra, the Lord of Heaven, and others, and helped by Jatayu, the young vulture prince, who made our friendship then, we tried to unlock the clouds where all the rain was imprisoned. Then I fought alone as a warrior. I did not drive Dasharatha's car that flew through the air by grace of Lord Indra's spell. Pulled by the same four red horses I have used all these years since. There was a better driver than I to take your father against the demon strongholds in the black clouds. That charioteer was Princess Kaikei. Nine years old and unafraid. The demons armed the clouds with artillery and turned them into fortress cities. They shot many of our warriors from the sky. We never saw the sun. It was hot and stifling. At night, lights flashed overhead as gods and demons fought. By day we saw the shadowy giant warriors and heard the charge of horse and chariot and the clash of arms. Indra's white elephant called and trumpeted. He threw down the demon walls and many black stones fell on earth. They broke our lands and the fields lay parched. That was a dreadful war. We faced famine. Those days gone by seemed brighter and of more glory than today, or darker with more sorrow. There was forever confusion in heaven, and our warriors who returned from flights above the clouds at night told us how the stars and the planets swerved and could not hold their paths from fright. But went in fearful uncertainty, blocking heaven's ways, striking against each other, a terror to mind and sight. Flames burst like blood from the stricken stars. Your grandfather, Aja, was king. He helped Indra, and we fought back against the demons guided by our flares and fires high in the windy sky. We battled the drought the demons had brought. We battled with Indra's thunderbolts. I have myself thrown many brilliant thunders made by Vishwakarman, the heavenly architect for Indra. 
And for that we wore a thick glove of wet green leaves and bits of fire scarred our arms. Kaikei never failed Dasharatha. She could feel an enemy's shortcomings. She felt when to draw near, when to stay, and when to turn away. She ran her four red horses through the celestial skies and ruled them by some miraculous power of friendship. Between her, behind her, was a seven-layered white umbrella with slender ribs of silver over the warrior's station on her chariot. And to each side of it, a fan, gold on the right, silver on the left. And there stood your father, Dasharatha, fighting for rain. One night, high in the air, the demons attacked that car with conjurations on a hundred sides. Your father was sadly wounded. Part of a comet tore through his side, and a flying fragment of his shattered armor cut Kaikei's hand deeply. And at that same moment, a demon arrow snapped the bolt end off the right axle, and the wheels started to slip off. Dasharatha was unconscious and saved from falling to death by Kaikei. She drove the chariot so it did not overturn in the air and kept that wheel on and brought her horses and the car softly down to earth. Kaikei wore shimmering armor made from green silk threads and fine steel interwoven, a green cloak like winter's grass. It was strong, but she loved your father and tore away a strip of it to bandage Dasharatha's wounds. And in her hand bled, and their blood mingled. She nursed him for many days as he recovered slowly, and he told her, You restored my life that my enemies had taken from me. Ask me twice for anything in return. Then, one night, Lord Indra himself came to Ayodhya. We met him as comrades. We drank from the same cup. He healed Dasharatha completely and would have taken the scar from Kaikei's hand, but she refused him. We went to a field outside the city, and there were all the gods of heaven, and they thanked us for our help. The gods were cheerful, for they had just received the promise of aid from Lord Narayana himself, Vishnu. And then we heard it. Out in the night, far, far, far away came the call of Narayana's battle shell. We felt the first winds of Garuda's approaching flight. Our torches were blown out. The shrill winds screamed around us. There was a great loud sound as of many trees straining and creaking in the wind, and that was the drawing back of Narayana's bow. There was a hum and rattle and groan of metal, and that was the razor-edged diamond-naved discus whirling madly on its pole. There was a terrific loud snap, and the bowstring of Narayana was loosed and spoke death to the demons of the drought. We, grown men, shielded our eyes and covered our ears from the wind and noise. 
But young Kai Kei stood looking up into heaven, standing beside Lord Indra, holding his hand and smiling a child fearless beside heaven's Lord. The rain spilled down onto the land and fell, spraying into our rivers. It came down on the mountains and fell into the seas. And with the rain fell down demons covered with red arrows and mangled. Then through the night, dark forms ran past us into Iodia. They were demons and we followed armed. But they were not invading. They sought refuge from Narayana. They came to an old Brahmana's house and his wife gave them shelter. That old couple had never taken life and always saved others when they could. And now they accepted the demon's surrender in the name of King Aja and sent word to the royal palace. Running to Iodia, we were thrown down and Garuda swept past us screaming like a thousand eagles. He flew low between the high towers of Iodia, sharing our city gates and his claws tore through our treetops. Riding on his back, we saw Narayana enraged. His dark blue skin gleamed and his yellow robes flew. He killed the Brahmana's wife when she faced him without letting her speak. And in terrible anger, he broke that sanctuary and beheaded the helpless demons. There was great turmoil. Down the street came King Aja, furious at Lord Narayana's treason, that his protection and the name of King Aja had been ignored. The old Brahmana wept over his wife's dead body. Then, standing a little apart, I overheard Vashishta, the priest, Speak an unbearable curse on Narayana, the Lord. In hot anger, Vashishta threw down his staff and cursed Narayana to be born on earth in a royal family rich and wise, a family most honored and kind, and once born to be parted from his wife as he had broken that Brahmana's marriage. Vashishta said, So it will be. He is a man of ours you harmed. King Aja drew the royal Ayodhya sword and spoke defiance and threats to Narayana and ordered him from our kingdom. But Narayana was departing as he spoke. Aja approached us, men and gods, and told us, Can't you kill fairly? Or must you enlist the aid of a giant coward? By heaven's name, fight fairly next time. We put away our lances and spears, our lightnings and swords. The assurers that lock away rain were defeated. And then it rained for days, and we saw the sun again. Vashishta was appalled that he had cursed Narayana. But the words of a holy saint prove adamant, and we knew what must happen. All is destiny, all is change, and what endures? Be silent about this. 
But remember, Lord Narayana will never take man's life without accepting it all. He will have the adventure. He will take all the gain and all the loss. For days, Vashishta sat alone in seclusion. When he left his meditation, he said, I have seen the future. Her eyes are large, tearful. Her ringlets are dark. I can discover no more. We must wait. So Sita and Lakshmana, I have now told you the story. And no one knew what that meant until now. Sita, I am a chariot driver, a good guide, and you'll get back to Rama only by entering this forest now. Try to remember us well. This world's life is like vapor from breath blown on a mirror. It does not last. Therefore, summon patience. We will tell no one where you are. Goodbye, Samantha. You have touched my heart. Farewell, Sita. The light of our lives is gone, and this ends all that we have known. May I see you again. Goodbye, Lakshmana. I cannot go. This is a lonely wood, and Rama is not here. But even as he said that, Lakshmana was going. Sumantra led him back to their boat, and they recrossed Ganga and drove away in the chariot, looking back at Sita many times. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego, or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.